Chapter Three of the House by the Churchyard. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The House by the Churchyard by Joseph Sheraton Lefanu. Mister Mervyn in his inn. The morning was fine. The sun shone out with a yellow splendor all nature was refreshed a pleasant smell rose up from tree and flower and earth the now dry pavement and all the row of village windows were glittering merrily the sparrows twittered their lively morning gossip among the thick ivy of the old church tower here and there the village cock challenged his neighbor with high and vaunting crow and the bugle notes soared sweetly into the air from the artillery ground beside the river moore the barber was already busy making his morning circuit servant men and maids were dropping in and out at the baker's and old paul delaney in her weather-stained red hood and neat little kitty lane with her bright young careful face and white basket were calling at the doors of their customers with new-laid eggs through half-opened hall doors you might see the powdered servant or the sprightly maid in her mob cap in hot haste steaming away with the red japanned tea kitchen into the parlor the town of chapel is it in short was just sitting down to its breakfast mervyn in the meantime had had his solitary meal in the famous black parlor of the phoenix where the newspapers lay and all comers were welcome he was by no means a bad hero to look at if such a thing were needed his face was pale melancholy statuesque and his large enthusiastic eyes suggested a story and a secret perhaps a horror most men had they known all would have wondered with good dr walsingham why of all places in the world he should have chosen the little town where he now stood for even a temporary residence it was not a perversity but rather a fascination his whole life had been a flight and a pursuit a vain endeavor to escape from the evil spirit that pursued him and a chase of a chimera he was standing at the window not indeed enjoying as another man might the quiet verdure of the scene and the fragrant air and all the mellowed sounds of village life but lost in a sad and dreadful reverie when in bounced little red-faced bustling dr toole the joke and the chuckle with which he had just requited the fat old barmaid still ringing in the passage stay here sweetheart addressed to a dog squeezing by him and which screeched out as he kicked it nearly round the doorpost hey your most obedient sir cried the doctor with a short but grand bow affecting surprise though his chief object in visiting the back parlor at that moment was precisely to make a personal inspection of the stranger pray don't mind me sir your whole breakfast ended hey coffee not so bad sir rather good coffee i hold it at the phoenix cream very choice sir i don't tell em so though a wink it might not improve it you know i hope they gave you a a 
he peeped into the cream ewer which he turned towards the light with a whisk and no disputing the eggs forty-eight hens in the poultry-yard and ninety ducks in tresham's little garden next door to stirk's they make a precious noise i can tell you when it showers stirk threatens to shoot em he's the artillery surgeon here and tom larkin said last night it's because they only dabble and quack and two of a trade you know <laughs> and what a night we had dark as erebus pouring like pumps by jove i'll remember it i warrant you out on business a medical man you know can't always choose and near meeting a bad accident too anything in the paper eh oh i see sir haven't read it well and what do you think a queer night for the purpose eh you'll say we had a funeral in the town last night sir some one from dublin it was trestle's men came out the turnpike rogue just round the corner there one of the talkingest gossips in the town and a confounded prying tattling place it is i can tell you knows the driver and bob martin the sexton you know tells me there were two parsons no less hey cauliflowers in season by jove old dr walsingham our rector a pious man sir and does a world of good that is to say relieves half the blackguards in the parish ha <laughs> ha and we're on the point of getting rid of them but means well only he's a little bit lazy and queer you know and that rancid raw-boned parson gillespie how the plague did they pick him up one of the mutes told bob twas he he's from donegal i know all about him the sourest dog i ever broke bread with and mason if you please by jove a prince pelican he supped at the grand lodge after labor one night you're not a mason i see tipped you the sign and his face was so pinched and so yellow by jupiter i was near squeezing it into the punch-bowl for a lemon ha 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 hey mervyn's large eyes expressed a well-bred surprise dr toole paused for nearly a minute as if expecting something in return but it did not come so the doctor started afresh never caring for mervyn's somewhat dangerous looks mighty pretty prospects about here sir the painters come out by dozens in the summer with their books and pencils and scratch away like so many scotchmen ha 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 if you draw sir there's one prospect up the river by the mills upon my conscience but you don't draw no answer a little sir maybe just for a maggot i'll wager like my good lady mrs toole a nearer glance at his dress had satisfied Toole that he was too much of a macaroni for an artist, and he was thinking of placing him upon the Lord Lieutenant's staff. We've capital horses here. If you want to go on to Leipzig, where, this between ourselves and the reader, during the summer months His Excellency and Lady Townsend resided, and where, the old newspapers tell us, they kept a public day every Monday and he had a levy as usual every thursday but this had no better success if you design to stay over the day and care for shooting 
we'll have some ball practice on palmerstown fairgreen to-day seven baronies to shoot for ten and five guineas one o'clock hey at this moment major o'neill of the royal irish artillery a small man very neatly got up and with a decidedly malaysian cast of countenance who said little but smiled agreeably gentlemen you're most obedient ha doctor how goes it anything new anything on the free man tool had scanned that paper and hummed out as he rumpled it over nothing very particular here's lady moira's ball fancy dresses all irish no masks a numerous appearance of the nobility and gentry upwards of five hundred persons a good many of your corps there major ay lord blackwater of course and the general and devereux and little puttock and sterk wasn't with a grin interrupted tool who bore that practitioner no good will a gentleman robbed by two footpads on chapel isid road on wednesday night of his watch and money together with his hat wig and cane and lies now in a dangerous state having been much abused one of them dressed in an old light-coloured coat wore a wig by jupiter major if i was in general chadsworth place with two hundred strapping fellows at my orders i'd get a commission from government to clear that road it's too bad sir we can't go in and out of town unless in a body after nightfall but at the risk of our lives the convivial doctor felt this public scandal acutely a bloody-minded miscreants i'd catch every living soul of them and burn them alive in tar-barrels by jove here's old joe napper of dirty lanes dead plenty of dry eyes after him and stay here's another row and so he read on in the meantime stout tightly faced captain clough of the same corps and little dark hard-faced and solemn mr nutter of the mills lord castle mallard's agents came in and half a dozen more chiefly members of the club which met by night in the front parlour on the left opposite the bar where they entertained themselves with agreeable conversation cards backgammon draughts and an occasional song by dr tool who was a florid tenor and used to give them while gentle folks strut in silver and satins or a maiden of late had a merry design or some other such ditty with a recitation by plump little stage-stricken ensign puttock who in spite of his lisp gave rather spirited imitations of some of the players mossop sheridan macklin barry and the rest so mervyn the stranger by no means affecting this agreeable society took his cane and cocked hat and went out the dark and handsome apparition followed by curious glances from two or three pairs of eyes and a whispered commentary and criticism from tool so taking a meditative ramble in his majesty's park the phoenix and passing out at castle knock gate he walked up the river between the wooded slopes which make the valley of the liffey so pleasant and picturesque until he reached the ferry 
which crossing he at the other side found himself not very far from palmerstown through which village his return route to chapel is it lay end of chapter three recording by john brandon